think they're going to stop him. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. Two hours to go. And again, so much to talk about today. We've got uh, obviously the Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C., has been selected. We briefly touched on that yesterday. We'll dive into that a little bit more later in the show. Big story out of Houston, Missouri. Their volleyball team had some members participate in a charitable tournament. Misha has now DQ'd them from playing. We're going to talk to somebody from Houston about the, the, the unfairness of these rules. Obviously, lots all over the state. But first, here in Missouri, bringing the focus back home, up in Washington, or up in Jefferson City, we've seen some controversy about the current Speaker of the House. And joining us now on the show, State Representative Doug Ritchie. Doug, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be on your show, Elijah. I wish it were under different circumstances, but it's always good to talk with you. You know, to give a little context, earlier this week a story broke about the current Speaker of the House that, that there's been some reimbursement issues that have come to the surface that uh, he is now handling that that it appears that he had sought reimbursement from the house of representatives for some expenses those expenses had not been paid by him but it had instead been paid by his campaign there's been quite a bit of what i would call hubbub on social media and around the the area this year uh, or this week in regards to this particular issue uh and, and representative richie you and i had had talked before the show you put a statement out earlier today, um, and and you wanted to, to have a chance to talk about that on the air. Talk to us a little bit about your perspective on this situation. Sure. Well, Elijah, as you are very well aware, I spent a year uh, running for uh, Missouri's Speaker of the House to succeed uh, Speaker Plocker. Uh, I was not running against Speaker Plocker, uh, but during that process, I came to um, realize uh, the tremendous weight of responsibility and trust that the Speaker's office carries. And uh, conversations with caucus members, I mean, often we would have, have uh, lengthy discussions about the importance of trust and confidence, integrity, and the ability to effectively advocate for caucus priorities and, and more importantly, to advocate for the conservative priorities for um, the state of Missouri. And unfortunately, what we're facing now is a situation where uh, our current speaker has done damage to himself um, with regard to these recent allegations, of which he's not denied. Um, the, the reality is, uh, if we were talking about one instance since he's been in the, you know, the speaker's office the last 10 months, you know, mistakes happen, right? We've all, we've all encountered that. But um, patterns are damning. And what we now are facing as a caucus is what do we do in a situation where one of our members who we've entrusted with a tremendous amount of responsibility uh, has for years 
um, suffered, if you will, from this pattern. And it's my opinion that he's, he has done damage enough to his, his name and ability to lead that he does need to, at a minimum, uh, step down as speaker. That's a, and that's a pretty weighty thing, you know. And I've I've been speaker of the house. I, Dean, I consider a friend of mine, and it's a it's a fairly weighty thing that that you are making this call. And and I would say you're one of the first legislators to 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 go this far. Give us an idea. What's the caucus discussion regarding this situation been like over the past couple of days? Well, of course, I'm not going to um, break confidence in terms of the the specific nature of statements and who said what or when, but I will say this, that I have not encountered anyone that has uh, defended the, um, the speaker in this controversy. I know that there are some that are doing that, but in the conversations that I've had um, uh, to the person, it, there's just been this, this tremendous disappointment and angst because now we realize that we are put in a very, very difficult position. And quite frankly, the speaker should never put the caucus in that kind of position. Tell us a little bit, you know, obviously uh, in the legislature, we have a, we have a house ethics commission uh, or committee. The, 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 they're meeting tomorrow, but I don't think anybody particularly knows what the plan is for the meeting or what they're investigating, but what, how does the house police itself when you have issues like this come up? Yes, you are correct. Obviously we, we do have an ethics committee. Um, it, it does operate as you would fully expect, uh, with, with a, um, an appropriate degree of, of, uh, confidentiality so that they can do their investigation, uh, without, uh, undue pressure. So we, I, and I, tr- I trust that process, right? I mean, that process is there and, and for good reason. Uh, but, you know, beyond their investigation, uh, the Republican caucus and the House more broadly, we do need to set an example of self-governance in a way to, that communicates to Missouri citizens that we take this stuff seriously. We do hold ourselves uh, to a higher standard, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And that's true of all of us as members of the legislature, but it's especially true of those who are entrusted with even more influence and authority and power. And um, so, yeah, we, we will have discussions, ongoing discussions within the caucus, separate from the ethics committee investigation. Um, but uh, both of those conversations are important, and I, I just believe that we're at a point where no matter what we are uh, ultimately going to hear coming from the Ethics Committee, what we do know is that our current speaker uh, is not denying this pattern of double-dipping. Yeah, I, I think that what what I've heard from him is is hey, this was mistakes that were made in the past. I've gone back, I've rectified those mistakes, um, and we should move forward with essentially a no harm, no foul. The situation's been fixed. You don't think that's good enough, though? No, I think that what uh, what is 
going to plague him going into the future that makes it difficult for him to lead us into focusing on conservative um, legislation for the benefit of Missouri is the fact that the, the there is so much controversy surrounding uh, when he began to make those corrections. Um, you know, again, if this was just one issue stemming from a July trip, uh, that's one thing. But this goes back to 2018, and there are too many people that are uh, convinced um, and probably will never become convinced otherwise that the reason he has taken the steps he has to rectify all of these other issues was because of an article or a sunshine request. Yeah, and it's, listen, uh, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. And I, uh, you know, my heart goes out to everybody involved in this situation because I've been speaker. I understand the pressure that position has. I remember when I first got elected, this is a little bit behind the scenes baseball. I went out to Washington, D.C. to do new speaker orientation. And they told us, they were like, Speakers of the House get in trouble more than any other office in the country. Uh, and a big part of it is uh, sometimes you're just not equipped to handle the office that gets that gets put upon you. It's not, you know, it, it's 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 something different and new and, and you're not prepared for it. And they said they're like, look around the room. There's a good chance some of you won't be here in two years. And they were right. There were people in that room that did not make it to two years out. And so I understand distinctly the, the the pressure that that this position's under but as you mentioned i also understand the scrutiny is higher in this situation and you know you carry not just responsibility for your own actions you have to carry the caucus with you and in situations like this that can be damaged yes and, and elijah you're aware as well i mean i've been a pastor for 25 years i mean i don't i don't come at this uh lightly and i in my statement i i indicated i don't take pleasure in this acknowledgement i mean i'm acknowledging the fact he should he should resign as speaker uh, I'm, I'm i'm acknowledging that that is something that is obvious um but you know as a pastor it's the same thing right i mean we're, we're told in, in the word of god that you know be careful uh for what you ask for i mean if you want to be a teacher or a preacher of the word of god um you are going to be held to a high standard of scrutiny and don't take that lightly. And uh, so I, I feel that pressure, and I have felt that pressure for 25 years as a pastor, and I certainly feel that pressure as a state representative. Um, you know, I, I am, and in my statement as well, I even stated, you know, at the end of it, we as, as, a, as caucus members need to be praying for Speaker Plotter and his family because this is not an easy thing to go through. You know, I don't, I don't think that, um, I mean, I don't have any reason to think currently that our speaker um, nefariously, you know, was intentionally doing something, right? Uh, this is a hard time. I and mean, he's fighting for his political life right now. I mean, if he resigns as speaker, his LG race is over, right? I mean, we understand that in the building. And I, I do, I mean, I think that we can make a statement like I've made uh, for the benefit of our caucus for the benefit of Republicans and conservatives in general and for the state of Missouri, while at the same time still holding a position of compassion towards someone that I think has given his life in a way that um, um, he wants to serve Missouri well, but he has just, he's fumbled the ball too significantly to articulate the important priorities that we as House members are going to have um, 
with respect to our negotiations with the Senate. Let's not forget his former chief of staff that he fired is now working in the Senate for Senate leadership. When Speaker Plocker, if he were to assume that he can continue serving us in this capacity, he's going to have to negotiate significant issues with Senate leadership while his former chief of staff that he fired is sitting there not interested in doing him any favors whatsoever, right? So I have significant concerns while at the same time, uh, I do feel for, for Dean. This is not an easy thing for him. It's not. Uh, none of this is good, and I think particularly it's not good. We're all Republicans, and I think Republicans traditionally uh, are harshest on our own, but I think we also a lot of times look across the aisle and see Democrats are willing to give the green light to their own party to to members to do whatever, and because of that, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Tough stuff going on here in the state of Missouri and, and extraordinarily tough stuff going on in Jefferson City. You know, I think the big question everybody has is, if if the speaker decides to continue in his position, um, what's the you know w- the the legislature is not in session. So what's what is the option for the caucus moving forward if they they feel like they need to take action? Sure. Well, we will be having uh, you know caucus discussions. Uh, we'll have a caucus meeting coming up here in the not so distant future. Uh, it is going to be a caucus decision, right? And you know I appreciate that process and. Um, you know, I know that right now um, the speaker is involved in damage control and he's having conversations and trying to shore up support. And And I don't fault him for that. I just disagree. I don't think this is something I think he should do us a favor at this point and save the caucus from this difficulty, because you and I both know what the Democrats are going to do with this. If we maintain him as our speaker, uh, they are going to run with that. Um, and we're going into a very difficult uh, election cycle. So the uh, the reality is the caucus will make a decision, and I hope they make the right decision. I just think it's important for the sake of my constituents that they know what my decision is. Uh, Representative Ritchie, for, for, for those of you who don't know you, uh, you're running for state senate up in northwest Missouri. Real briefly, give us a little bit of history on your, your time in the legislature, the position you're running for. Sure. So I'm in my third term as a state rep, uh, have been the, uh, the co-chair of the Joint Education Committee for four years. I've been on budget and numerous appropriations committees for the last five years. And, uh, yeah, I'm giving up my fourth and final House term to run for uh, Senate District 21, which is an open seat. Uh, it's a great district. I've enjoyed um, my time over these last several months getting out and visiting with folks, you know, and Howard and Cooper County and Saline County, um, you know, Lafayette, Ray and, and Clay County. Right. I mean, it's, it's a big geographical uh, piece of uh, property, if you will, uh, but great people. And, uh, you know, as I talk to those individuals, this type of stuff is very important to them. Um, the grassroots Republican right now is is not that confident in establishment Republican um, activities and they they want people that are willing to fight for what's right in the right way and for the right reasons but are willing to to stand up when it when it matters most so 
Very good. And, and Doug, if anybody wants to follow along with your work in the General Assembly and your campaign for the state Senate, how does one do that? How do they, they follow you on social media? Sure. So my social media handle across all the various platforms is Doug Ritchie. That's spelled R-I-C-H-E-Y. It's Doug Ritchie Mo, and that's on uh, X, Facebook, or Instagram. Very good. Representative Doug Ritchie, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Elijah. Again, that was Doug Ritchie. Oof, that's a, that, I'm just going to break break the fourth wall for a minute. This is These are not fun interviews to do, not fun times if you're a Republican, if you're in the legislature, or if you've, you know, you've, you've got friends on all sides of this issue. Uh, tough, tough thing going on for the Republican caucus right now. We've got lots more to go in the show coming up next. Oh, my gosh. I want to talk about the situation going on in Houston, Missouri. In fact, I may push that off to 5 o'clock. Uh, but just just so you know, Misha has banned Houston from participating in the, the, the state tournaments because three of their players participated in a charitable tournament. We're, we're trying to effort getting somebody on the show to talk about that in more detail. We'll be right back. More to go. Can only be what's true. If all was lost, it's more I've gained, cause it led me back.